Hi, welcome to Hold the Light, a show for lifelong learners who are curious about the ways we can deepen our connection to our personal and spiritual growth. I'm Lori Gunning Grossman. I'm here to hold the light for the light holders of the world. Today on the show, I'm talking with Kimo Capano, a Hawaiian high seer who works as a multi-sensory energy healer, spiritual psychic medium, and educator. Education is a big part of Kimo and how he shares his gifts, and one of his goals is to teach individuals how to become their own version of a seer. This is my third time talking with Kimo on a podcast. However, it's the first time here on Hold the Light, and I was thrilled to be back in conversation with him. He is such a light holder. In this conversation, we talk about how we each have a soul color and how knowing the color of our soul and what that color means can help us to expand. Kimo also shares what to do when our soul falls out of alignment. He explains more about this how we can each learn how to raise our own vibration. And he shares many wonderful stories around energy and how we can consciously work with it. It is fascinating. So please welcome my guest, the delightful Kimo Capano. First of all, I'm so excited to have you on this yeah, podcast. We're here. we're here. We're here together. We're here. And this is our third time talking on a podcast together. Isn't that great? It's wonderful. We're so lucky. I know. We are so lucky. <laughs> and I love your energy and I love your knowledge and your wisdom and your light. And so I'm so excited to have you on here. And Thank you. one of the things I'm so curious to talk to you about is soul color. So yeah. I want to dig into soul color, basically what it is, how we can know our soul's color, and then how we can use that as part of our our tool in our spirituality and our personal growth and development. So Absolutely. before we get into that, though, in case people don't know you as they're tuning in, I would love for you to describe who you are as a high seer and a light seer. What does that mean? Thank you for that. So... Aloha, my name is Kimo, and I I identify as I am a Hawaiian high seer. I also call myself a light seer. So what is that? In the way that I see the world, when I'm tuned in, I'm not always tuned in, but when I am tuned in, when I take a look at the world around me, the world is a series of energetic frequencies. Visually, it is a series of energetic frequencies, meaning that there's always a formulation of energy moving around every single individual that I see, including your buildings, in- including when someone is even silent, when they're not saying everything, anything. Energy is always in fluidity. So I utilize my ability to see frequency, to do medical work, to help work with your doctor or your surgeon to identify where the tumor is. Uh, is cancer present in the body? Is there bacteria in the blood? Because those kinds of things actually affect the energetic frequency around you. So I take that same practice and I utilize it to be in communication to higher energies, you know, spirit energies, higher self, soul self. And for me as a kid, it just felt like I was living in a psychedelic frequency my entire life. And it wasn't until I started to validate everything as true, meaning that I was able to bring in things that way besides because spirit energy comes in, but there's so many other things that you can validate just in terms of how electromagnetic energy moves. So that's my ability to be a high seer. I work with the modalities of healing through energy work, but my ability to be a light seer, that identity came in because 
the majority of what I saw my entire life from the time that I was three years old up until my late high school years, early college, is that everything that I saw in terms of frequency was very dark in form. Now, I don't mean entity in form. I just mean dark in shadow. And all I saw was people's trauma. Mm. All I saw was spirit energy that maybe was a little confusing to me because it was kind of scary and spooky. And if I would have just stayed in that frequency, I would have been (laughs) one of these, I call them garage mediums, the mediums that really only uh, work with one idea of a hunch, Hmm. not realizing that there's so much more beyond our hunches. So if I would have only stayed there, all I would have seen for the rest of my life would have been dark energy, right? I called myself a very noir clairvoyant when I was young. However, Now, learning how to see frequency and to move with a very unbiased, non-egoic perspective, you learn that every single energy that you see comes in in various different forms that you can transmute. Mm. Meaning, if I see something going on inside of someone's body, I'll give you an example. Today, I was working with a client who had something going on around her neck area. And she says, I'm having problems right now. And the way that it just visually showed up for me is there's some kind of bacteria in the blood. I actually think that it's affecting the vagus nerve. Mm. And she says, I just went to my doctor and they are prescribing that I go on this medication because my vagus nerve shows a little bit of bacteria blocking. And I said, well, oh. that shows up energetically though. And then for me, I mean, she already went through medication, but for me, my, my new job is to say, well, how can we create some kind of change in the vagus nerve? And you can do that through energy work. So to take what feels like it's dark and scary through health or through malady or through dark spirit, then to transmute what is on the other side of that, which is understanding, opening up blockages. To me, that was taking what felt dark and making it very light. Uh. So my identity of what I call myself as a light seer is my choice to see everything in transmutation. And again, through practice and consistency, you learn that we can actually make change in the human body and the human DNA. Uh, okay. I love right. this. I love it so much. And then here's my question to you um, so mm-hmm. people can know this. So as you are walking around on the streets, on this earth, <laughs> are you still just seeing light? Is it still like a technicolor world for you? It is. Yeah. So I've, I've learned that we just tune down when when I need to just be a normal muggle. Mm. And, and in fact, most children are actually already tuned in that way. When you, when you have a conversation with a child, children between the ages of about two, two and a half, all the way to about seven, seven and a half, move through psychedelic frequencies, meaning that all of their senses are synthesized, mm. meaning that sight might sound like something, sound might taste like something. So everything is very synesthetic for children. And then it kind of naturally kind of dies down as they recalibrate and the brain continues to grow. And then it kind of shoots back up around 14. For me, that never died down. Okay. It just stayed that way. And it's normal for it to die down, up and down, up and down our entire life. Yeah. But mine just never died. And I try to turn it down. <laughs> I try. <laughs> well, we're glad that you have kept it going because now you're here to now help I am. Yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about this because I first heard you talk about soul color. You talked about it on Instagram is where I saw it. And I find this to be so fascinating. You also have a quiz that people can go to your website. Oh, my goodness. I'm so proud. It's so good. We will talk about it. And I'm going to link to it in the show notes where people can discover their soul color. So let's first talk about what is soul color. What is that? And when it comes to soul color, one of the things that's very confusing is that we get soul color 
con- uh, confused for what we think of as chakra or chakra. Mm. We also get it confused for aura. And when we go through just electromagnetic energy, we've been able to validate that aura is in connection to electromagnetic fielding, which means that my electric magnetic body, my, my brain and my heart create an output of energy. And that output of energy, when it's in connection to your emotions, is aura. Okay. When that output of energy is in connection to more heart-centered energy, it, those they all look like a color to me. They all kind of start to spiral a little bit. Yeah. And it, I learned that that is what is in connection to what most people call chakra. But outside of that, in the top level of spectrum intelligence, which most individuals just have a code word. They call it causal body. Okay. I find that to be very boring. <laughs> so I call it soul color. Uh, Why? That color does not change. Unlike your aura, which is always an amorphous, nebulous color, unlike your chakra, which is a spinning vibration, your soul color, your causal body does not change. It is the color that you always were, the color that you always are. And you and I, may I, may I talk about yours just a little yes. bit, Lori? Okay, yes. Yeah, you and I have talked about yours as being very, very blue. What does that mean for me? It means that if your mother would have held you as a newborn infant and asked me the question, what is the color of my child's aura? Mm. I would have said, well, right now, little small Lori is sleeping and eating. She doesn't have a lot of emotion yet. So she's all soul skin. Mm. also skin Mm. her aura will develop and manifest as she starts to create emotions that color is the permanent color meaning that even when you are in astral projection which is dream state meditation prayer you are soul color when i see someone who's crossed over on the other side when they come back to communicate with me as as a medium everyone manifests as color first not necessarily as giving me names and locations first. I'll get that afterwards. They'll come in as color first. So what does that tell me? It tells me that there is a permanence to your color field. Always was, always will be. Lori, including you in connection to all of your past, present, and future lives Uh. will always be in the spectrums of the blues. Always. And that to me is like, that's why I call it a soul. (laughs) Because it's the everlasting color. (laughs) It's so cool. I love this. Well, and then over the course of time, because every everyone, when you speak, when you when you communicate, when you're standing, when you're walking, when you're sleeping, because everyone has way past aura color, their soul skin color. It took me time and doing a lot of scientific practices to identify, but what does that mean though? Mm-hmm. But what does blues mean? What does greens mean? What do periwinkles and ambers and oranges and reds and violets, what do they all mean? So I started to, very, very young, create an identity about, well, here's what I'm learning so far about everyone with blue. Then I had got to learn more and more and more. And at, and at this point, you know, the Light Seer has worked with over 10,000 individuals. So what I do is I take note of what are all the commonalities. And then I completely get rid of all the anomalies. And I'm not blue, so I, I had to get to know your system. And through there, we have just a series of identifiers that will always be in truth for individuals who have blue. Now, the wonderful thing about that is that the very first thing we do is we identify what are the strongest vibrations of your color? What does that mean for you? And blues are very much about reciprocity, mm. needing to find harmony and balance through everything. Mm. I, I am no longer going to do this as an occupation because it no longer feeds me the energy output. Now it's time for a change. I am only going to engage in conversations that 
validate and honor who I am. That's my balance. But that's the highest spectrum of blue. So we, we focus on what are the highest spectrums of our colors, also being able to identify that there are shadow aspects of our colors. Of course. And we, you and I haven't talked about our shadow aspects no. too much. <laughs> no. But there is a shadow aspect to every color. What does that mean? It means that when soul just starts to kind of fall out of alignment with its highest intention, then we start to feel very human-like feelings mm. that make us feel like we are disempowered a little bit. And every single color has very specific emotions that they have a tendency to go through. Okay. And then some individuals will even drop even further down into what I call just a dark shadow which means the lowest vibration of that. Mm. And I I try to think about it as a tiered system. So that way we still have a very humanistic approach because I don't think that it's very healthy to say, well, that person is just pure evil because I actually don't believe that. I believe that people can be dropped into the spectrum of shadow or dark shadow, which means that we can also grow our way back up into high enlightenment. Now, how does a soul fall out of its highest... I think you said it's highest intention. Yeah. How does it fall out? Yeah, that right there, Lori. Yeah. That's the million dollar question. Okay. Why does soul fall out of alignment? And here's the way that I think about it. When I'm looking at intelligent spectrums of energy, very, very intelligent, every single time I were to look at someone who maybe is not even saying anything to me, they just show up on my Zoom screen, mm-hmm. the energy around them electromagnetically will tell me how depressed they are, how long it's been there. Mm-hmm just because of what that electromagnetic energy fielding looks like. And when I take a look at that, I know that there has been some form of energy that moves through that just kind of affects the way that we think, the way that we feel. Mm. We're not attaching any kind of sentient entity behind it, demonic. We don't attach any of those kinds of languages behind it. But there is energy that does affect the system. And the challenging part is how affected are you going to allow yourself to be? So when people say, I, but I'm seeing dark shadow energy and I'm feeling all these dark demons, well, then my prognosis is, well, then we're now feeding our brain more material that makes it feel like it is that, but it's just an energy. So now let's go back to your question. How does soul fall out of alignment? When soul is, is in its highest form, it actually looks like a really fast, fast spin for me. Mm. Always, always spin really, really, really fast. Mm. That highest level of who you are, whatever is your language, soul intelligence, God intelligence, soul spectrum, higher self, it vibrates so high, Lori, that it actually can't drop itself down by by itself. So then we ask ourselves, but then how does it drop down then? Well, Mm -hmm. any of those spectrums of intelligent energy that kind of like moves in a little bit helps to drop the spectrum down. And this is where it's going to sound so wild and so cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So let me try to make it sound a little easier. Okay. Let's use the analogy of when we're really, really healthy mm. versus when we're ill. Okay. When you and I are healthy as humans, you know, we, we feel good. I, my emotions are awesome. I'm not depressed. My body feels good. I feel all these awesome things. The moment you start to feel a little sick with the flu or flu-like symptoms, you start to get the chills. Oh, I, I think I need to go lie down. Your brain immediately starts to say to itself, I need to get better. Yeah. I am aware that I'm sick because I don't feel good anymore. I'm starting to feel like I need to lie down. I'm really, really cold. My body is shaking. So then you you know, you get the flu and your permeating thoughts are, I've got to get better. I, I, I'm, I just need to get better. Well, the moment, the instant that the flu, the fever breaks, 
and your body starts to feel a little bit more able to move around a little bit, not so tight and sore, the permeating thought that your consciousness presents itself is, I am so grateful that I'm feeling better. Mm. The body goes through gratitude. Mm. And gratitude is one of the highest spectrums of electromagnetic energy. So let's utilize that, that example, meaning we would never know what the spectrum of good health is if we never experienced poor health. We wouldn't experience the gratitude of good health because we had never been out of alignment. We had never been out of homeostasis. Right. So now take that same exact metaphor and connect it to the idea of highest level of soul spectrum. We would never understand the value of our highest dimensional frequency moving, moving, moving if we never dropped down. Right. So the dropping down is actually critical to our development on a soul spectrum hmm. because it offers us the ability to look at harmony. The problem is that some people never go back into high alignment. They stay in that zone that like they're always nasty. They're always mean. Mm. They're always angry and curmudgeonly. And then if they go into dark shadow spectrum, you know, extreme levels of high beta anxiety, depression has been there for a very long time because that has been their new norm. But our goal is to just take a very objective perspective to say all of these emotions are critical to our soul development. But our goal is to stay in high development. So now we kind of assess things and we work through things to get ourselves to go back into alignment. So my belief as an educator is that our soul spectrum, if it was only in high alignment, then what would be the point of being here? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no yeah. Right. That was a, it was a very, very verbose way of answering that question. And I, it probably has sparked more questions. It has sparked more questions. And the big one, I think, is... Well, let me first say, you made it very clear. Oh, good. So thank you for that. So my question is, when our soul, and we'll get back to soul color, when our soul falls out of alignment, yeah. and this is part of the process that we need to go through, what are the tools to help get it back up into alignment? Yes. Okay. Yes. Let's, let's do simple little tools. Okay. Let's do it. One of the things to identify is what are the things that naturally make my, my body vibrate, my emotions vibrate, my intuitions vibrate? So for example, one of the things that you and I have talked about in the past is that you have a vibration around speech, mm -hmm. which is one of the intuitions. Now, that intuition is not easily identifiable when you go through psychic institutions, meaning that psychic institutions are not going to teach speech vibration. Okay. You're not going to read about it in a book, mm. but it does exist. There are many vibrations of intuition, and I call them, again, vibrations because they're visual, for me at least. When we look at yours, which is very, very high vocal related, I know already, without even you needing to say anything to me, that you have a tendency to vibrate higher when you're being vocal, when you're singing, humming to yourself, expressing yourself. You more than likely probably have like little parties where you're just like playing with your voice and like maybe singing to friends, regardless if you feel like you have a good voice or not, that vibrates high for you. So it actually makes the soul vibrate higher. Sound like you? It sounds exactly <laughs> like me. And people tease me because they say that I, I sing everything. 
I sing oh, everything.、Good. If you say a word to me, I will find a song that it's connected to, and I can't <laughs> help it. I've always been like back in my days, the singing waitress when I was a waitress, or the singing, you know,、yeah. editorial director, whatever it is. So、yeah. that resonates deeply. So what we do is we help ourselves identify what already vibrates,、mm. and it'll be the easiest thing for us to get ourselves to be back in a higher alignment, which is the simplest approach. And then there's spiritual approaches that'll take more time and. There are individuals who I know say, "Well, you have to clean or cleanse your chakra."、Mm. I'm not a firm believer of that because I believe that you do not need someone else to clean your system because we should be autonomous. We should clean our own system. So it's about learning what that means for you. Yes.、Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll utilize another example. Okay. Let's just say that we are in communication to someone else, like our friend Jonathan,、yes. who is actually very audient. Is very, very in terms of what I can hear. What does that mean? Someone like Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. I'm calling you out. Someone like Jonathan would do well with music change. Like if if my vibrations are going so low and I'm having a really terrible day, everything is bad for me. What is my favorite kind of music to listen to? What are my favorite kinds of sounds? Do I listen? Even if I didn't want to listen to music, but I feel myself with the sound of nature, with the sound of water, with white noise, something that brings my body back into alpha, right? Back into that very visual brainwave. Okay. And then I just create a tiered system to make my way back into alignment. Everyone can do this. Everyone can do this. So then the question is: So you know me? We've talked now a few times, and you're looking at me.、Mm-hmm. So you、mm-hmm. can. You can read me, and you've talked to Jonathan. Jonathan is our other producer here. If somebody is not with you, how does somebody discover their own way of raising their vibration? Yeah, I, I, and thank you for asking it in that way because I don't want anyone to feel like they have to go through chemo <laughs> or you have to go through a spiritualist or a psychic or a medium. If you don't know how to discover that on your own. Through your own sense of mindfulness, whether that is a long drive or gardening or taking a long walk or prayer or meditation, in your variation of mindfulness, try to tune in to what brings and sparks joy. So, for example, if it's being very physical, you know, maybe maybe baking bread would be a wonderful thing for you to do because it's that kneading of the bread. If you are a physical person, perhaps climbing trees、mm. or lying on the grass, or perhaps just making clear contact with your animal, petting them brings a sense of calm and ease. Because I feel calm when I'm being physical. There, there, we gave variations of you with the vocals,、uh, variations of Jonathan with auditory. If you are a very visual learner, more than likely you will be able to tune into clairvoyant abilities, which does not necessarily translate into seeing spirit. That's a misdiagnosis. If you are a person who can see with your mind's eye, the creative mind, the imagination, then what are some of the visuals that you could create?、Mm. You know that technique when people say you know surround yourself with light that has a tendency to work predominantly with visually minded individuals. The, the the platitude of surround yourself with light really doesn't work predominantly if you're more auditory or vocal. It's usually more if you're a visual learner. Oh my gosh! Does that make sense? It makes sense. I love this because first of all, it sounds so helpful and so healthy. Yeah, and so healthy. And I'm thinking of children too. Oh yeah. When we can tap into our kids and really notice, like what fills their cup, and what we、exactly. what we've noticed in the past, like oh, their energy was completely elevated when we went to the beach and saw the sunset, 
and didn't say a word, you know, things like Mm -hmm. that. And then we can help them and serve them, serve up those experiences when we see maybe they might need a little help. Yeah. Well, let's use that example that you just brought okay. up. Let's say that I'm traveling with my kids. Mm. I don't have kids, but let's say I'm traveling with my kids and family and you go on a holiday to the beach. Right. Well, if you can observe which of my, let's say that we have three kids and one of my children is very visual. How would I know that? Whether she communicates, she describes things very, very visually. I might have another child is very, very touchy. It's always, his hands are always dirty. His fingers are always in the, the peanut butter. Okay, I have a very tactile learner. Let's say that I have a very auditory learner. They, they're the, the child that's able to say, just what is what do you, what do you want me to do, mom? They're listening and they say, okay, I got it. Okay, so now we're, we're on a vacation. We're at the beach. How can I teach my child how to be more mindful? Well, the conversation I'm going to have with my visual child, we're all going to go watch the sunset. For my visual child, I'm going to say, I want you to pay attention to how the colors change. Mm. I want you to pay attention to how you feel when you watch it go from blue to yellow to orange. My, my visual learner. Yeah. And then what I'm going to say to the visual child is memorize it. Oh. Memorize it in your mind's eye. Now to the tactile child. The child has always got their hands in everything. When you sit down and watch the sunset, bury those feet in the sand. Rub your hands and your feet around the sand so you can feel how it moves all the the cells of the body, how everything connects. Lie down if you need to connect. Grab the sand and feel it move through your fingertips and memorize that. We're going to actually bring some of that sand home with you and put it, we're going to put it in a jar. Mm. Now for my auditory learner, mm. I'm going to say, as we sit on this beach, listen to the waves, listen to the seagulls, memorize the rhythm. Can you start to count how the rhythm of the waves move? What we are doing is we're teaching our children how to create a memory. And when we create that memory, that memory is not only memorized in the body, but it's notarized in the cells. So we memorize it and we notarize it. Why? When our child starts to act act out, now we're home and they're very, you know, um, out of regulation. We're going to say to my, to my tangent child, all right, I need you to go into your room, Go open that jar of sand, put your fingers in the sand. Remember that memory? Remember that you have notarized in your mind, that you have seared into your memory? Go back into that, close your eyes, remember what it felt like. Remember what it felt like. For my visual learner, remember that visual learner, that, that, that visual memory that you took, maybe even you can even take a picture for them. When you look back at that, that postcard or that picture that you took in your mind's eye or that actual physical picture, what did it feel like? Remember that. For my auditory learner, I'm bringing in the sounds of nature, the sounds of water again. It can instantly neutralize the system. It's And that neutralization brings them back into mindfulness, which gets them on the path into solo enlightenment once again. I have to say, when you mentioned the sand the first time, digging in, touching it, yeah. I got chills. And then when you yeah. said, go into your room and open up the jar and touch the sand, I got chills again. Now, I don't think that I'm in a... A touchy person. I, I'm going to disagree with you oh. completely. Can I tell you why I disagree? Yes, with you? yeah. Because your energy. Yeah. Yes, we talked about speech-related energy. Which, in, in case you're ever curious, how do I know that? Because that energy, when it it actually moves outside of the vocal cords, outside of it, and it looks like like mountaintops, kind of like oh. sound frequencies. Okay. So that's how oh. I already know that. Well, Lori already does that. 
But when I look at the full entire spectrum of what Lori is able to do, I actually take a look at what is dominant for you, what is rising for you, what is dormant for you, what also might be possibly kind of in a locked position for you. And all of your vibrations communicate to me. So I already know on your spectrum of vibration that touch is actually a part of it. It's not as high as vocal, but it is a part of your spectrum. So I'm going to tell you right now, far more psychic than you realize. I mean, the minute that you just said the word touch, I got chills on this, on the left side of my body. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that one because what you just are describing right now is very, very confusing for a lot of individuals. In fact, it's so confusing that in our psychic institutions, and I vet institutions all over the world, Mm. in our psychic institutions, we would teach that as something called clairsentience, which you have, but that's not what you just said, though. Clairsentience has a rumination of more gut feeling, more solar plexus, Mm. right? It's, It's actually visually a circular vibration around your stomach. Yeah. What you just described moves outside of that. And many psychics don't know how to describe it. So they just call it sentience. Well, let me tell you what it visually looks like for me. Okay. When I see you do what you just did, yeah. it literally looks like little scintillating lights that move around the body, oh. literally around the body. And when I see that happen, I already know that you are what I call a clair extropath. Well, what does that mean? This is, We're not going to find this in a book. I mean, I'm writing a book, but uh-huh. <laughs> what does that mean? Extropathy, which you have, Lori, I identify extropathy is way, actually way beyond those vibrations of chills on my body. And here's how we back that up scientifically. You know, I love to back everything up a science. Yes. Scientifically, we have a word for that, but it doesn't fully express what you're trying to express. Our scientific explanation for that vibration, we call it frisson. It's French. Mm. And frisson is how science would say, well, when you have an unexpected response to something emotional, Mm. your body is going to experience micropiling of the dermis. Fancy way of saying goosebumps, right? Okay. But here's what's really exciting for you and for anyone else who's listening to this. Frisson is only experienced by two thirds of the people on the planet. Mm. Only two thirds. Extropathy is an extension of frisson. Which means, yes, you're going to get chills up the neck. My skin is going to have a response. You know, my my hair, skin, and my nails are going to respond, my integumentary system. But extrapathy has the ability to go much further than that. What does that mean? It means if you really focus mindfully, Lori, and you're probably already getting this without realizing it, you actually have internal mechanisms that will have a reaction in a similar way. Let me give you some examples. Yeah. Someone might say, well... I've come to learn, as if they're a dominant extrapath, that when spirit energy is close, my knuckles itch. Or when someone is lying to me, my, my right ear gets tugged for some reason. Or when, when I'm dehydrated, my eyelids flutter. Mm. You have all these other kinds of internal mechanisms that give you an external output of information. And that's extrapathy. And you more than likely have already experienced it. You just haven't, you just probably said, well, it's just how I am. But I would say, let's go a step further because you can actually get major indicators. So I'll give you an example of mine. When I was a small child, I couldn't figure out why my stomach would always shake violently whenever I was telling someone something that was very important to me. Mm. And I would say as a kid, put your hand on my tummy. You don't feel that? People would say, I don't feel anything. But it felt like me, I was on a spin cycle. Mm. And then I learned that that vibration actually slows down when someone is telling me something that they've never told a living soul. 
So what do I call that? I call that my truth muscle now. Right. I know when someone is having a conversation with me, if they're telling me a deep, deep truth, my stomach will vibrate in a very slow vibration, which is my extrapathic indicator. Oh, you're being very open and honest with me right, with right now. You just shared something very, very important. So I need to engage differently. And it's just my body having a chemical reaction to your energy. Uh, Isn't that exciting? It is so exciting. My mind is spinning in the most glorious ways, <laughs> and it's encouraging me to tune in to my body more. Well, but you already do it, Lori. Now we just have to go in with consciousness. So when right. you when you were listening to the the sound or the the way that I was describing the beach, you had an extrapathic response to that, mm. which more than likely, if it connected to what I was giving you as an example of the beach, more than likely that specific exercise is going to be helpful to you. Right. Okay. Yeah, because it's very cool because you mentioned the visual. Mm-hmm. It sounded beautiful to me, but nothing. You mentioned mm-hmm. the... Um, auditory. The Yeah, auditory. And then the minute you said, get your hands in the sand and touch it, I just chills. Yeah. And then even yeah. just going into your room and touching, I was chills. I was, it surprised me. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we, we know now that your body, that would I would call that an intuitive response saying, hey, that guy just said something, but the exercise for you is to say, I'm going to try this next time I'm at the beach, but if I don't go to the beach soon, then how can I try that in my yard when I'm outside next to my favorite tree mm. or when I'm gardening, spend a little bit more time with, with hands in the soil. Mm. I'm going to see what happens if I, if I take off my gloves, yeah. do I get a different reaction? Yes. And I'm going to tell you right now that you actually will get a different reaction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you will yeah. get a different reaction. Of course. Okay, I just want to get to one more question. Anything. I feel like you and I are going to have to come back again. Anytime. Just to talk more. I love what you have to say. I love how tuned in you are. I love your beautiful energy and light, Chemo. Thank you, friend. Oh, it's so true. So to close up the soul color, which is what we started talking about, I do want to say, I know, I know, I do want people to know that they can go to your website and they can take a quiz that will help them discover what their soul color is. And then as we wrap up, what can people do with that knowledge? Yes. Thank you for asking that question. So on my website, thelightseer.com, we do have a soul skin quiz, which is about 20 different questions. And these, these 20 different questions are designed to help you identify what is the highest frequency that I feel when I'm being mindful, not just in my, my go-to emotions, my, my more mindful emotions, including some of the shadow things. Mm-hmm. It's going to ask shadow questions as well. When you go through the Soul Skin Quiz, it'll help you identify what you are in highest alignment with in terms of color. Now, it'd be very, very possible that... Lori, for you as a blue, you might take it one day and realize, wait a second, it gave me the answer of a green. Well, how can I utilize that information? When you're finished, it'll give you a really big outline of what happens when you are green. You can take any of the soul skin spectrums and put them on as an avatar. Meaning if I answered in the green spectrum, you know, now our our goal is, I mean, if you're meeting with me personally, you'll know, is it actually a blue or a green. Well, we know that you're a blue, but it's very possible that you are moving orically through green during this p- part of your life. Ah. Or the, the the heart center chakra, which is a green system for me, is more predominant. So when you get all the insight that it offers you, because it will offer you insight, 
take it mm. and memorize and know that regardless if I am soul skin green or if I'm just putting on the avatar, this is the information that I need right now. Mm. So for example, my soul skin, which is not blue, I will consciously say, it's time for me to put on the avatar of a purple because I like what purples do when it comes to this. I need to put on the avatar of an indigo because indigos are very helpful for this. I do that all the time. So whatever the answer that it offers you, know that you are in alignment with that in that moment. It'll also give you a deeper dive of what some of the shadow aspects are. And here's the fun part about that soul skin quiz. Mm. At the very end, it'll ask if you want to go a step further and you can, you can put in your name and your email and it will email you a little mantra that I've written out for you. A mantra for the blue, a mantra for the green and the yellows and the ambers. It'll be a little statement that you can say to yourself and memorize it over and over and over again when you're getting ready in the morning, when you're driving to work, a way to say, here's how I choose to be today. Mm -hmm. Here's how I choose to behave in all the connections that I'm creating with the people around me. Here's how I choose to do that in this spectrum, because this is what resonates for me right now. So good. It's a very exciting thing. And we are in the process. We haven't done it yet. We're also in the process of creating a soul skin quiz for children. We're, we're working on that right now because it's, it's really an adult soul skin quiz. Well, it is so good. And first of all, everybody loves taking a quiz. I mean, it's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so fun. And just another way to know ourselves and learn about ourselves and learn how we can help ourselves as we move through our lives day to day, you know, energy to energy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Energy to energy. And, and, and just that system alone helps give you a rubric of, I feel overwhelmed today. What are some simple, quick thoughts that I can focus on? Right. Well, for, for a blue, you're going to say, I'm going to focus on being reciprocitous. Mm. I'm going to search for the things that bring harmony today. Mm. That's my mode of operandi for the day. Because I, I don't want to be overwhelmed by anything else. This is what I'm going to focus on. Really, really quick little rubric to help you out. Kimo Capano, I just adore you. I'm excited for people to continue to oh. know you and work with you and hear about you. Yay. And thank you so much for sharing your light here on Hold the Light. Oh, dear friend, thank I you am for listening so to Hold excited the light. For, for more information for about this episode and the topics discussed, visit our show notes or find more at We will definitely. I've never talked to a person three times on, on any podcast I've done, collective. so <laughs> you are the first, and I know that there will be more for sure. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Jonathan Grossman is our co-producer. To learn more about Kimo, visit his website at thelightseer.com. This podcast is recorded and mixed at Nightshift Audio in Los Angeles, California. And where you can also take the Soul Skin Quiz. You can also find them on Instagram at Lightseer and on TikTok at thelightseer. Thank you for listening to Hold the Light. For more information about this episode and the topics discussed, visit our show notes or find more at holdthelightcollective.com or on Instagram at holdthelightcollective. This podcast is produced by me, Lori Gunning-Grossman. Jonathan Grossman is our co-producer and all-around sound guru. He also wrote the original music. This podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio in Los Angeles, California. Finally, if you like the show, please rate, review, and share it with a friend. Let's share the light with each other.